Wow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Snow right here in L.A. A little bit miraculous, if you, if you say so, if I do say so myself. In fact, a uh, real quick question here. How many here have never in your entire lives experienced a white Christmas? That is snow on Christmas Day. How many of you have never experienced that? Go ahead, confess, raise your hand, look, look keep them up, keep them up, look at, okay, church, we need to pray for these people, Okay. <laughs> That's who we need to pray for, okay? Uh, as a matter of fact, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now and just ask him to open our hearts to receive his word. Father God, uh, I just, Lord, I feel it in my bones, Lord. This is a series that so many of us need. I need it, Lord. Uh, the worship band was reminding me through song and through praise uh, that I need the God of miracles. I need the miracle maker in my life. Uh, and so many of my brothers and sisters and friends here do today as well. So I pray, Father, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight. I pray, Father, that I would preach not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that our faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's miraculous power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, friends. Welcome to New Story Church. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here. And yes, the rumors are true. I was, in fact, born and raised on the East Coast. Don't hold that against me. All right? Don't hold that. I'm a sunny Californian now, right? I've repented. I've seen the, the, the truth, the light, the way, okay? Uh, but one thing I know is this. If you are here today, if you are here today, and, or maybe you're watching online, okay, you, then you, if, if you're someone here today right now, uh, one thing I know is that if you've actually had a white Christmas, if you have touched snow, then you probably did it somewhere outside of Los Angeles, okay? If you have had a white Christmas, you had it somewhere outside of LA. Why do I know this? How do I know this? because I actually looked it up in the Los Angeles weather station, okay? And there have only been six recordings of snowfall in the history of LA, according to the Los Angeles weather station. And the only one of any significance happened way, way back in 1949. That's a palm tree. And yes, that's snow, part of a record fall that covers Southern California as weathermen search frantically through their books to find a precedent. In suburban Los Angeles, householders shake off up to a foot of that strange, cold, white stuff. And kids who have never seen it before now make snowmen. The precious orange groves of California, which suffered millions of dollars damage from a week of sub-freezing temperatures, get a semi-protective covering of snow. In southernmost California, it's the very first snowfall in 99 years. For years to come, Californians will be entertaining their children with harrowing tales of the great snowfall of 1949. You know, as I watch that clip, all I can think of is what traffic would be like on the five. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, this past week we had a little bit of rain and it was just crazy, right? Can you imagine snow uh, during, the, during the traffic? It's just absolutely amazing. But anyways, uh, you know what? Definitely snow uh, would make for great Christmas vibes, right? I mean, can we just, can we hand it to the production team for, look at this stage. We actually have a white Christmas. Hollywood, Griffith Park, amazing, right? Snow definitely contributes to an amazing, amazing Christmas vibe. But 
At the end of the day, I'm sure that if, if I sat across the table from you and asked you, you know, if you could have one miracle in your life, I bet you none of you would actually say, uh, you know, a white Christmas. None of you would actually wish for snow. If, if you had one miracle in your pocket, you wouldn't spend it on snow, right? You would actually want something truly miraculous. I'm talking about a real miracle, an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs, or at least that's how Webster's Dictionary describes it. So let me ask you now a serious question. How many of you you don't have to say what it is. You don't have to write it down. You don't have to tell your neighbor right now. You don't, nothing like that. I don't need to say it. But I'm just asking you to raise your hand if you could use a miracle today. Go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too, right? Uh, a young man shared with me just a few weeks ago how he is in such need of a financial miracle in his life. He's been out of a job, not, not any fault of his own, Right? Just things got tough at work, okay? They had to have some layoffs. He's been out of a job for almost a year now, and he needs a financial miracle. Maybe you're here today, and, and you need a miracle in your relationship. It could be a dating relationship. It could be your marriage relationship. It could be a parental relationship. But you need a miracle in your relationship today. And if God was standing here right now, and he, and he would, you know, if it was like a, a, a genie in a bottle, and said so he grants you one wish, you would wish for a miracle in a relationship in your life. You know, we've even got a, a little email thread that, that kind of was being passed around our, our beloved New Story Church staff this past week, right? And I just, you know, that's, that, that's our picture on the website there. And, and, and this, this email thread was being passed around uh, on our staff with all sorts of prayer requests for the miraculous. And, and it ranged from everything from health to relationships to as practical as, as like leaky roofs and financial aid for, for school tuition, right? That's, that's how granular it got, right? But all prayer requests that we were passing amongst ourselves, that we're praying amongst ourselves within our own little, small little church staff. So, so what is it for you? What is that miracle? Could you use a miracle this Christmas? If so, welcome. You are in the right place at the right time. Because during this Christmas series, Miraculous, we'll be examining some of Jesus' miracles in the New Testament as well as find ourselves examined by the miracle of Christ. Does that make sense? The miracles of Jesus and the miracle of Jesus. Both of those offer every single one of us so much. So let's check this out. We're going to go into our passage today. I'm going to ask our sister Mariah to come on up here. We're, we're in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18. And I've, I've asked our lovely sister Mariah to read this out loud for us. So Mariah. Thank you. Yeah. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd go by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Mm. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Mm. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Amen. Hey, can we thank Moriah here? It's not easy standing in front of you guys, okay? <laughs> amen, amen. Such a great passage. Now, friends, don't, don't miss this, okay? The Bible is actually filled with examples upon examples of God's miraculous touch on ordinary people every single day. All the time it happens throughout scriptures. So you may be wondering to yourself, well then, well then where's my miracle, right? Why doesn't God do that for me? I need a miracle. What's happening? How come I don't get one? How come God's not giving me a miracle right now? Maybe that's your question. And the answer to that is simply this. He wants to. He wants to. And this passage that our sister Mariah just read for us shows us three steps before the miracle. Before the miracle actually happens, it shows us three steps. And the first principle on how to wait for a miracle or even how to pray for a miracle. The first principle is simply this. Go ahead and jot this down in your notes. I believe you have some space right there in your programs. Jot this down. Number one is this. Be passionate. Be passionate. See, friends, do you really want a miracle? I mean, like, seriously, do you, do you, like, need a miracle? Not something casual, not something haphazard, not something convenient, not something like, oh, yeah, you know, that'd be kind of nice. I'm asking you, do you really want a miracle? Do you need a miracle? I'm talking about a legit divine intervention, a miracle. Because if so, if you really need a miracle, then there is no room for passivity. There's no way you can be passive. If you really, really, really need God to step into a situation in a special, miraculous way that is beyond convenience, that is beyond the casual, then there's no room for you to be passive. See, friends, notice the, the second, I mean, just the second this blind man understood, right? Because he, he he's blind, he can't see. So he hears this commotion. And so he's asking people what's happening. He hears this buzz. And the second he understands that it's Jesus that's passing by, what does he do? He cried out. He cried out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And what did, the, what did the religious people of the day do? 
What did his disciples, what did the Pharisees, what did the, what did the people all around Jesus, his entourage, what did they do when they heard this passion and this desperation? Well, the verse says in verse 39, and those who were in front of him, what did they do? They rebuked him. Shh. Do you know this is church? Shh. That's a very important man over there. Shh. That's, that's a holy person, right? That's a prophet. You, you don't just yell. You, you don't display passion. You, you don't display desperation. You, 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 you front respect and decorum. And you look like you got it all together. You don't show any emotions. He rebuked him, telling him to what? Be silent. Shh. Don't tell anyone you need a miracle. Listen, we don't want to hear about your problems back there. Just keep it to yourself. This man is way too important. This man is way too busy. This man has a universe to run. He doesn't care about your problems with the bills, okay? Hey, listen, we all got relational problems. You need to take care of that yourself back there, okay? Just keep it down. This is a church. Keep it down. This is a holy man. And those who were in front of him rebuked him. That's a hard word. Rebuked him, telling him, shh. But what did he do? He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me! Passion. Passion. Friends, as you wait, if you're truly praying for a miracle, do not be afraid to be passionate. You know how sometimes when the worship band is up here and there's that moment where it changes, this is never their heart, their heart isn't to perform, but there is an element of performance, let's just be honest, right? I mean, if they came up here and they didn't practice during the week, and their chords were all off, right? You'd be like, what's up with that, right? So there is an element of performance per se, right? It's a stage, the lights are on them, the attention is on them, right? And they're playing music and they're singing, but there's that holy moment the sooner it happens, the better. There's that holy moment where the performance action turns into an act of worship. And there's that moment when everything that's happening up here is all about Jesus and drawing you and me into the throne room of worship. And in that place... 
Sometimes people get really passionate. Sometimes they raise their hands. Sometimes they they just sing out or they yell out. Sometimes they just start praying in the midst of the song. That's passion. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to get off key as the lyrics are being put up there and raise out your hand in a posture of surrender. And raise out your hand in postures of acceptance. God, I want to I accept all that you have for me. I want to surrender myself to you. Don't be afraid to be passionate. Now, some of you, I get it. Some of you, you're hearing this and you're like, well, you know, I'm stoic. See, Pastor Tom, I get it. I see you over there in that corner and you're doing your thing, but I'm the strong and silent type, okay? And you kind of like pat yourself on the back for that, all right? Now, <laughs> I, I get that. I, I, I get where you're coming from, okay? Uh, but friends, you need to understand, do you know where passion actually comes from? This is important. You should jot this down. Do you know where passion comes from? Passion comes oftentimes from pain, from pain. And everyone here has pain. See, ain't nobody got to teach you passion, okay, so long as you're in touch with pain. One more time. Ain't nobody got to teach you passion if you're truly in touch with your pain. With the gift of pain. That's right, I said gift of pain. God, did you know this? God will often use pain in your life to stir up passion so that you will look to him even when you're blind. Mm. Does that make sense? God will often use pain in your life to stir up passion so that you look to him even when you are blind. Especially when you're blind. Are you blind right now to the things in your life? Are you pained right now to the things in your life? Well, I say thank you, Jesus. Because maybe you are assuming a posture to receive a miracle. Amen? See, don't miss the power of that verse. He cried out all the more. When he was in pain the most, when he was being shushed the most, he cried out all the more. When he was being rebuked the most, he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Friends, some of you here have lost passion in your life. Because you've either ignored or are self-medicating your deepest pains. Does that make sense? Some of you right now, some of you have lost passion in your life because you are ignoring or self-medicating, in some cases both, the deepest pains within you. Pain that only Jesus 
can heal. So friends, you need to be honest with your pains and you need to give them to Jesus. Amen? Make sense? Okay. Now, did you happen to catch the second principle embedded in this uh, passage here? The second principle is this. Number two, be persistent. Be persistent. You know, in the face of opposition and obstacles and evil, even uh, social norms, this blind beggar, what did he do in this passage? Well, he repeated his request a second time and a third time. In other words, he repeated again and again. Be, in other words, be persistent. Keep on asking. Even if you don't get it on the first prayer, even if you don't get it on the first ask, keep on asking. If there's something that you want in life, I, this is honestly, I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you as your pastor. I'm telling you this as your pastor. If there's something that you want in life, something you feel like you need, that's okay. Keep asking God until he gives you an answer. Because he will give you an answer. I don't know what that answer is. I'm not promising you what that answer is. But I do know that he asks us to ask him and to keep on asking until he gives an answer. See, friends, think of it this way. I live in a house, okay, of four women. They are women, by the way, okay? Four young ladies, all right? Pray for me. That's not a joke. Pray for me, okay? This means, okay, four ladies in my house. This means that someone is always asking for something all the time, okay? Especially around Christmas. You know what I'm saying? All right? I, it's gotten to the point, just to be totally honest, I can't even take my kids out public anymore, okay? Because, God forbid, I accidentally pass, like, a Target or, uh, God forbid, a whole shopping mall, okay? Uh, I, I'm just afraid. I'm afraid because, you know, all of a sudden they start remembering, oh, Daddy, I need this. Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I, can I have this, right? And, and most of the time I'm like, really? Really? That's what you need, huh? That's what you want. Another pair of shoes. You don't know how many shoes are in my house, okay? Just, all right? Another pair, that's what you really, you need another case for your phone? You don't even call me. Why, why do you need another case for your phone? You don't text, right? So, so just, okay. So anyways, do you, do you know how I know when it's finally like a legitimate thing that they need? Like, how do I know? They ask me all the time, so how do I know it's like really a legitimate, like a legit need? How do I know that? Besides when Erica tells me that it's a legit need, okay? The reason how I know is that they become really persistent, right? They, they, actually, they become relentless, right? They, they start getting creative, right? They start uh, telling their grandmother and grandfather, right? what they need. They start telling Aunt Maggie and Uncle Lance, right? They, it's, suddenly it appears during our, during our dinner prayer time, they'll like pray about it. Like you never prayed about that. Now you're going to, now that we're together, you're going to pray, right? Uh, one of our kids, uh, this is a kind of embarrassing, but I asked her if I could say this. She's like, all right, whatever. Um, <laughs> one of our kids uh, recently made a, a, a public announcement, okay? I am typing my Christmas list right now. 
and I will stick it to the refrigerator so no one misses it. Right? This is the Christmas list that she printed, right? It's like, that's not a public service announcement. That's a public serve me announcement, okay? But anyways, okay? There, there's, there's actually a verse later on in the New Testament that sums up this, this persistence principle very nicely and succinctly. It's Colossians 4.2. It says this, don't be weary in prayer. Keep at it. Watch for God's answers. Keep at it. Watch for God's answer. So do you need a miracle in your life? Are you praying for something miraculous? Then seek the miracle maker passionately and persistently. You will seek me and find me, scripture says, when you seek me with what? All your heart. If you need a miracle this Christmas... This is a great series to be in because in this series, we're going to learn how to seek him and find him as we seek him with all of our hearts. Be passionate, be persistent. And the last one for today is this, number three, be precise. Be precise. Notice how Jesus did not ignore the passion and persistence of this blind man. He didn't ignore it. He paid attention. When he came near, he, in fact, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? See, friends, it's such a simple question, isn't it? What do you want me to do for you? And here's the thing. Do you know that this is still a question that Jesus asks today? What do you want me to do for you? That's a question that Jesus asks today. What do you want me to do for you? And did you catch the blind man's quick and precise answer? Lord, let me recover my sight. Friends, my question is this. Is your answer to that question just as quick and just as precise? right? Jesus is asking you today. He's asking you today, what do you want me to do for you? Do you have an answer? You know, James, the actual and literal younger brother of Jesus, can you imagine being Jesus's younger brother, right? It's like your parents are like, why can't you be more like Jesus, you know? It's like... James was the actual, literal, physical, younger brother of Jesus, right? And he wrote to all Christians later on, he wrote this, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask God. You see, over 20 times, did you know that over 20 times in the New Testament, the Bible says, ask, 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 and it will be given to you. Ask, ask, ask. 20, over 20 times in the New Testament. Why? Why does the Bible say, why does the New Testament say to ask, 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 and it will be given to you? Why? Because of some fairy tale, health and wealth, name it and claim it, poor theology? No, absolutely not. 
It's not about health and wealth. It's not about naming and claiming. No, the Bible encourages us to ask because we have a heavenly father who when his children ask for bread, God never gives a stone. His heart is good and his heart is loving and his heart wants to answer you in the best way possible. So be passionate, be persistent and be precise. Jesus is here right now and through the power of his word and by the presence of his spirit, He asks everyone within the sound of my voice right now in this moment, what do you want me to do for you? This is what Jesus asks. What do you want me to do for you? Friends, could it be that you and I are on the verge of something miraculous this season. I don't know about you, but I believe it. And if you don't believe it, I pray that your prayer would be like that, that the prayer of, of the father who had a child that, and he was asking his child to be healed. And he said, Lord Jesus, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Maybe that's you today. So right now is the band, they're going to lead us in this last song. And I'm going to encourage everyone here to, let's continue to worship him by presenting our tithes and to presenting our offerings to him. But I also want to challenge you with this. Once that, you know, popcorn bucket gets spread around and you place your offering, your, your tithes in there, I'm also going to challenge you to do, to do this. I'm going to challenge you on this first message of the series to use this sacred moment, okay? You could have chosen to be a lot of places this morning, doing a lot of things, but somehow by God's sovereignty and his urging and your willingness, you're here right now. So let's leverage this moment and I'm gonna challenge you to invest a couple of minutes right now and write down, write down the miracle that you need. Be like the blind beggar who had an immediate answer. Be passionate. Be persistent. Be precise. And let's see how God answers your prayers in the coming weeks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, more than a Christmas list right now, uh, we come to you and we have this thing in our mind and in our hearts that we need you to answer, that we need you to provide. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And so we come to you right now and we ask, Lord, this thing that you're stirring up in our hearts, Lord, we pray that you would answer it. We pray that you would, your attention would be drawn to it and that you would speak to us and that you would meet us in this place. Help us, Lord, to be passionate to be persistent, and to be precise to you, God, to you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.